Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God So I'm about to introduce my friend who's going to speak to you guys. Um, he is a missionary to Burma. He, I've known him since I was in college. He was in our rival fraternity, um, Upsilon. A lot of um, musical and um, intelligent guys that couldn't really compete athletically, but we never bragged. We would never brag about that, honestly. Um, but they could hit harmonies in so many different ways. Um, he's probably the funniest person I've ever met at Lee University. And he was the missions pastor at Trinity Chapel in Powder Springs before he went. I've always just um, had a, like a really huge heart for Johnny. When we started planning this church and there was five of us, he was on board through prayer. And he would hate it if I said this, I'm going to say it, but he supported our church when we started. He's a missionary in Burma. Um, he put his money where his mouth is. He puts his money where his mouth is. He's the most real type of person you'll ever meet and I asked him to come here today because I wanted to share what he does because I felt like we needed to hear it and I felt like we have an opportunity to help support him and so after service when we're having our apartment meeting there's going to be in the prayer room it's a mom's room during service if you need to get in there and do a mom's thing um, after service it's prayer room we're going to pray over Johnny and for Johnny and so Ken Turner is going to lead that and talk to you about it after service but um, Johnny would you mind coming up and um Guys, give it up for Johnny. Um, thank you, Josh, for those kind words. Mm -hmm. uh, I was one of the guys in the fraternity that could not hit the harmonies. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Thank you. Um, it's good to be here. I've, I've, I feel like I kind of know you guys already um, through the the weekly updates that, that Josh gives and, and kind of, you know, the prayer needs and things like that. It's cool, like, to actually see Jason, to know, okay, this is who I've been praying for, and to see that God is a, is a healer. Um, that's incredible. 
and it's encouraging. But um, I'm, I'm just, there's a lot of different things I want to say, but there's not a lot of time to say it. But today I want to, one, just kind of encourage you guys uh, to keep doing what you're doing because this is an awesome church. The um, body of Christ needs more churches like this that are just life-giving and just about community and about uh, just letting people live whole lives and just leading them to that. And that's kind of what we try to do in, in Myanmar where I'm at. I'll give you, I'm going to kind of give you a brief, like this is who I am, this is what I do. And uh, this is how you can pray, this is how you can get connected. Um, but it's kind of weird that I'm on the other side of the, the world doing, doing what I do, and it's a total, total God thing. Um, but some of you, first I want to say, you probably have no idea where, where Burma is, or Myanmar, as, as it's called today. Um, so does anybody know where that is before? Okay, there's four of you, and that's totally okay. Um, but I, I, uh, I moved originally in 2010 to Thailand, and I, and I was teaching at a discipleship school and training young um, indigenous leaders, people from Southeast Asia, because Thailand's the only country in Southeast Asia that has freedom of religion. So people would come from these persecuted nations, and we'd teach and train church planners and, and young uh, ministers to go and use media and different means of, of, uh, to, to spread the gospel. So we, we thought, okay, this is the, the best way to do it. And then I met a, a guy there from Myanmar, and he came, and he, he just kind of a just unbelievable God connection that we had. And I just felt like, you know, three years later, God was kind of pushing me to go more towards Myanmar. So I've been there in and out. It's kind of like I kind of have to go under the radar sometimes because legally I'm not supposed to do what I'm doing there right now. Um, but let me show you. Okay, this is kind of where – is there – I think we have a, a map. Um, this is where I live in Southeast Asia. So that's the – Myanmar and Thailand are the two, the two countries. Um, to kind of give you a perspective, uh, this is an incredibly unreached part of the world. Um, there's more, if you draw a circle around this on, on, a, on a global map, uh, there's more people that live inside of that circle than outside of it. And uh, the majority of those people have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And like for me, when I was a missions pastor, I was leading these missions trips back and forth to, to different parts of Asia and, and Romania and Europe and different, different places that we had partners. And every time I would go to Asia, I just, just had this tug and this pull of, God, what are you doing um, and why am I so drawn to this area? And uh, I just, through a series of events, I won't get into it, but just knew, like, this is where I was supposed to go. Um, I think there's another, that kind of give you an idea, this is where you live, this is where I live. Uh, it's a long way away. Uh, it takes about three plane, planes and, oh, man, if that would be a, I wish it would be 18 hours. It was, uh, one flight is about 16 hours, and there's layovers. So total time, it's about 28 hours. So come visit. <laughs> if, you, if you like planes. Um, but that's, that's what, but it's, you know, I absolutely love, love what I do and love where I'm at. But that's kind of perspective. That's where you are. This is where I am. So it's almost as far as you possibly can get. That's where I live. Um, you can go move forward. This will kind of help me get on track and stay on track. Uh, this is just a statistic. We use this in mission circles. We call it the 1040 window. Um, that's not like the time you show up at church. It's, it's, this is an area of the world, and I'll show you on a map in a second, but 90% of all the unreached people live in this part of the world. 
uh, it, it goes across from North Africa to to uh, the Philippines, and it's just this this band, and it's the majority of where the persecution of of, of believers happens. It's but it's sad thing is is that we know this is where most of the unreached people live. And yet, less than 5% of all missionaries, missions giving, missions efforts go to impact this part of the world. Um, and I, you know, I'm not bitter about it or mad. I understand. You know, it's, you know, most missions efforts happen within a four-hour flight of the continental United States. Um, but there's, and there's a reason this, this place has remained unreached because uh, there's a lot of government pressure. There's a lot of um, religious pressure pressure from different from different groups but this is a uh, this is you know I pray that as you guys grow as a church you start looking at different areas that you can impact like I heard you guys are doing a trip to India awesome like it's one of the most populated places in the world that's my neighbor and I have a lot of friends from India and it's awesome to see that there's there's churches that have a heart to reach the unreached in India so that's this is kind of give you an idea that's where the 1040 window is um, you can move move forward, and this is where the most of the persecution happens in in the world. So you see India, there's a lot of persecution. You see Myanmar in there, Indonesia, and um, different parts of the Middle East. But you know, my friends, my neighbors, a lot of them have been thrown in prison. Um, you know, people that I do life with and community with, they've been you know disowned by their families because they converted from Buddhism to Christianity, and uh, in in you know, that's it, it, a no-no, especially for, especially for, for young men, um, because the blessing passes through the, 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 the male, and, you know, if, if the male gets saved, then, then there's no, there's no one to pray, you know, through, it's, I, I can't get too technical into the, into the religious terms, but it's kind of like for their ancestors, they, they do a lot of ancestor worship in, in, uh, Myanmar, so, it's like if my son gets saved, then who's going to pray blessing on me in the next life? Um, and when, hopefully if you come visit, you'll see like there's little, little temples outside of people's houses. And, you know, they, they, they offer sacrifice and fruit and Coke and Fanta. You know, that's for mom in the next life. Um, but this is kind of this is the environment that I'm in. But. I want to I want to share a couple stories about the people that I share life with and we do community with and people that are they're my heroes and I get to do ministry with and um, you, you, hopefully you guys some of you feel led to, to to be a prayer covering and a support and just praying for us as we try to reach those that have never ever heard. Imagine going, you know, two blocks without seeing a church steeple like it's impossible to do in the southeast. But imagine going the majority of your life without ever hearing who Christ is. Like t this morning when you're singing in Christ alone, like it's just like my mind immediately went back to my friends that are worshiping in, in a stuffy apartment building back in Myanmar, singing in Christ alone. Like they found it. They found joy. They found what this this life search is all about. And like. Most of you have had that for your entire lives, but to really understand, man, it is truly in Christ alone, and people will go their entire lives searching for meaning and searching what is life about, Christ alone. Um, and, I, man, I'm so joyful and grateful that, that I get to be a part of that. 
Um, let me just, my, my friend Robin. Robin's a guy that, that, this is the guy that I met when I was in Thailand. He came to our discipleship school, and we just had this instant connection. Robin was a educated, has a master's degree in theology, extremely smart, brilliant, um, you know, speaks several languages, but he went, he moved to the Philippines to go to, to, go to uh, trade school, but he got, he got saved while he was in the Philippines, and he just had this burden for his country, Myanmar. And most people, when they get out of Myanmar, they don't go back. You know, there's a huge community in, on, on 285 of, of Burmese refugees. Uh, and, like, that's a job in Myanmar is, you know, when I, you know, in two years I want to go be refugee. Like, that's a phrase. I'm not joking. Like, that's a career path. Like, they'll leave the country and support their families. And a lot of the, the, the chicken slaughterhouses and things like that in the southeast are Burmese refugees. Um, but he had opportunity to go and have a, a good job in Korea or the Philippines and support his family. But he, when he got saved, he said, I've got to go back because my people need to know. Like, if I don't go, who will go? And uh, he, he prayed and asked God, you know, if you give me the gift of, you know, if I want to be able to speak English, I'll use it for your, for your kingdom. And, and he teaches people to speak English because this is a huge need over there now that the country's starting to open up. So he started teaching and training, uh, doing English classes. But the way they learned English was this. He was at a dinner party in the Philippines and just had been praying, God, I want to be able to learn. He's like, because I can't, can't communicate with the people around me and I feel just lost, fish out of water. And all of a sudden he's at this dinner party with some, some friends. And in the Philippines, a lot of people speak English. And all of a sudden he's just conversing with the person across the table like in perfect and he kind of has like an Australian accent. I don't know why, but it's weird. And um, that's, I guess that was God's sense of humor. He was like, all right, good day. Um, and, and, and he just, and Miraculous had just this, you know, he speaks fluent English amazingly. And, you know, he says, you know, he's starting to get all these job offers of like people, even, even companies in the United States are wanting to have him come and, and, and work and translate. And, and he says, no, I've got to go back. To Myanmar, and this is in 2005, uh, when there's one email address for the entire country, because the government monitors everything you do. So if you wanted to send Robin an email, you had to write it to you know, uh, ro uh, you know, government at Myanmar.com, whatever the email address was, and they they'd let you know, hey, you have an email, come get it, read it, and then write your response, and we'll type it and reply. So like everything was monitored. Uh, and this guy decides to start planting churches in this environment and just under government pressure. So I meet him a few years after that, and we just kind of have this connection. Um, we show, I think there's a, another. You, you can flip forward. This is, we got kicked out of our church building, so we decided to have church in the park um, because the government said there's freedom of religion now, but we wanted to test that. And uh, we started having government, I mean, we started having church in the park. And, like, this is kind of the environment that we, that we do life in. Um, you know, we've since found a little apartment building to, to have church, but you, typically we have to move every year because the government will tell the landlord, hey, you can't rent to them anymore or, or you're going to get trouble from us. Um, but this is kind of, this is how we, this is one of the, the guys that's one of our Bible school students. We have a little Bible training center. And uh, this is kind of like, this is what church looks like in Myanmar, like in Little small groups of typically under 30 people, like over 30 is like a mega church. Um, and it's, you know, you're like, this would be, you know, the 
this would be like Hillsong Church of Myanmar <laughs> if you guys, you know, like you have electric um, guitars, so that's huge. There, they'd be like, whoa, what is that? Um, but these, this is kind of like the guys that I share life with and we do life with. This is Zotushane. Zotushane was a church planner, a pastor. And uh, to give you an idea, uh, you, you can go, go back to him. He, he is a uh, young guy that is just on fire for the Lord and just wanted to go plant churches. So I went one time to a, a little, to give you an idea, just the hunger for the gospel in this, in this country. Um, this is a country that's been closed off to the rest of the world, like North Korea and Myanmar and Iran are like three of the countries that have been just closed off. They don't want outsiders coming in. They don't want Western influence. But, you know, in 2011, I was able to kind of sneak in and get, get an idea of what's going on. And, and they're around Christmas time, and they do Christmas outreaches every year, and it's one of the biggest evangelistic events that we do. It's just we go to village to village and just say, hey, we're going to have a Christmas party. And they've heard of Christmas, but they have no idea what Christmas is. And we just share the Christmas story. And I'm sharing in a house kind of like this. Um, if you look behind him, there's a little altar. You know, this used to be a Buddhist house. There's, there's a little altar in each home where there used to be like a, a little Buddhist shrine. And I'm, I'm, I'm teaching in one of these houses. And there's, you know, a, there, there was a Buddhist family. They, they, weren't, they weren't Christian. They just said, yeah, you can have a party in our house. And I'm just sharing the Christmas story. And I just see just grown men just just crying, weeping. And in, in Myanmar culture, you know, that's you don't, this is not something that happens. You don't do this. You know, it shows weakness. And just crying. We've got, you know, we've got about 50 people crammed in this little house hut. And I just see these grown men just climbing over other people to get to the front. They're all we're all sitting on the floor like this. And I'm just kind of like, what's what's going on? You know, I talking talk to Robin and he's translating and saying you know they just they said whatever you said they recognized that they said that's truth and that's what they've been wanting their entire lives and today they felt truth because in the, in, in the Buddhist culture it's this path of enlightenment you want to, to be fully enlightened and for them it was something that happened it was you know it was easy to explain it's the, the power of the Holy Spirit that draws men into himself and this is just the environment of the gospel in Myanmar. People are hungry, and they want to hear, and they want to know. Um, I think Josh is going to share in a minute about the Great Commission. Were you talking about that for a second? Okay. I'm going to give you kind of my, my condensed version real quick. Um, in the book of Acts, I think we have that. Do we have that scripture? Book of Acts. Um, whenever you say the book of Acts in church growing up, you're like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Um, don't worry. In the book of Acts, this is kind of the, Luke's take on, on the ascension. This is after the crucifixion, and Jesus is, he's been among the people for several weeks, and he's about to ascend to heaven, to go back to the Father. And this is what, this is what, uh, verse, verse 7, chapter 1, verse 7, um, he's explaining to them, and he's saying, you know, this is, they're asking, when are you going to set up the kingdom? You know, okay, you conquered death, now what's next? And he just basically kind of tries to set them straight, and he says this. He, sa he said to them, it's not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. 
and the Matthew version gives, gives a more detail about making disciples. But this is, I want to simplify it for you. Because you are all called to be missionaries. If you are a believer in Christ, you are called, and we, I think we overcomplicate it. That, that word is so simple, to be witnesses. And I think you guys are doing an awesome job with it, this idea with apartment life. That's incredible. You're going to be missionaries to this community. You, you, all you are called to do is be a witness. What has God done in your life? This is what I do every day. I try to in Myanmar. I try to go to the same grocery store. I try to go to the same restaurants. I try to go to the same, to, to get a relationship with these people because I want to share life with them. And when it gets to that place where I can share, man, you know, some of them are going through an incredibly tough time. And I can share, man, this is, this is what Christ did in my life. I'm just retelling what God has done in me to be a witness. Man, being healed, that's an incredible witness. You get to witness the power of God. And you guys have all been witnesses to this. Your friend was healed. So this is kind of what I do on the other side of the world. And I teach and train and, and, and help grow young people to go plant churches. But my daily life is just being a witness. Taking that command that Christ gave. One of my good friends, young lady, she was one of our Bible school students. Her name's Kim Boy. Uh, Kim Boy was 16 years old, and she was a uh, just a, just really had just was growing in her faith. Met the Lord, and was just we went and did an outreach in a a uh, squatters area. And several people came to Christ, but there's no church in that community. And, and Kim Boy, I think I have a picture of Kim Boy. It was that that she she. Uh, said, who's going to be the pastor? She came to Robin. She said, who's going to be the pastor of this community? He said, well, we don't have a pastor. It's, it's, we, we need to find one. Pray about it. Let's see what happens. Comes back the next week. Who's, who's going to be the pastor of this community? We need to find somebody because there's all these little kids in this, in this squatters area, and she didn't know what to do. He said, we don't have anybody. She comes back the next week. She says, who is going to be the pastor of this area of Dala is the name of the community. He said, we found somebody. It's you. Because nobody else wants to do it. This is a 16-year-old girl that's a Bible school student. So she started commuting every week. Would go almost two hours. She'd take a, 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 a trike taxi, like a bicycle taxi, walk, get on a ferry, then take another bicycle taxi into this community. This is, give me an idea of, um, it's just bamboo thatch roof huts. This is, this is kind of, she's just, their homes are on top of cesspools, like that's, Human way. I was actually preaching in one of these houses one, one morning on a, on a Sunday at her church, and there's literally a, like a pig rutting underneath the bamboo floorboard of this house. I'm just like, all right, cool. We'll go, we'll roll with it. That's, you know, the, I don't know what that was. I think that was like the hurry up, wrap it up box. Um, <laughs> so I finished, and that was that. Uh, and this is kind of, this is like their backyard. If you go to the, ne go to the next slide, um, that's like, look out the back window. That's the area. Like it's, it literally is the garbage dump of the big city. But this girl said, you know what? They need to know. They need to know about Christ. And she would commute every week. And we finally were able to get her a little house in this community. And she went and lived, you know, she's, she's 19 years old now, Kim Boy doing that for three years, 
And she's now about to start a new venture, and I won't get into that, but to, to go and start new ministries. Um, last story I'll tell, and I'm, and I'm done. Um, this is, uh, and that's, that's her children's church. These are the kids in her children's church, and just an unbelievable, just, she's a hero of mine. This is something I, I get to work with and do share life with. But, you know, she wanted to reach this community, so she moved into this, the dump. Um, but our church in, in, uh, in Myanmar, we have just, there's just a lot of need. And one of the needs is there's just a lot of, like, orphans in, in the community. Um, and we just had people dropping kids off at the church because they heard we do charity. So they just started dropping kids off. Um, we're like, no, not for, like, not for children's church, but, like, for here, you stay, they stay with you, you keep them. And we're like, we have no, we can't do this. And they ended up getting five, six, seven kids. We're like, what do we, what do we do? And they were just kind of sharing them between the families in our, in our church. And uh, this young lady, her name's Jinsan. Jinsan is, she was a Bible school student, 21 years old, and said, I feel called, like, just to, I'll do it. So she started, this is Jeremy, this is one of the kids, uh, he's, he, he, had, he was uh, six weeks old when they dropped him off to us, he had tuberculosis, he's HIV positive, his mother just abandoned him, got rid of him, um, they weren't expected to live but a few weeks, um, but she nursed him back to health, you know, he recovered from tuberculosis and we were able to get him medicine, regular medicine, which is rare to get in Myanmar, and he's now almost six years old. And uh, just the life of the, I mean, like, he's just the, the coolest kid. Um, if you get to come visit, I'm going to introduce you to Jeremy because he's my little buddy and he's awesome. Um, I think this is, we have one, one picture of the kids in the children's home. Um, Jeremy doesn't look too happy in that one. But, uh, and then I'll teach English and stuff with the kids. But they're, they, these, are, these are kind of the people that I get to share life with and do life with. Um, and the need in Myanmar is great. I'd love for you guys to consider being a part in whatever that looks like. You know, there's um, right now a big prayer need for us is we want to have our own building facility so we don't keep moving every year. Uh, that's like one of the biggest burdens for us is trying to figure out, okay, God, if we could just get our own place to where we can be, have state stability, start training pastors, planning more churches, because there's so much need in the country, and we feel like more life-giving churches is, is, is part of the answer. Um, I'm going to leave you with a scripture from Romans. And we kind of talk about this, and this is why I, I feel like you guys have a part in being part of the fulfilling the Great Commission. But Romans 10 says this. It says, For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Um, I want to encourage you guys as a church, one, uh, be, be that to this community. Man, just go. Like, you, uh, I charge you now. Like, you're called to be sent. Uh, that, that's your job. Um, pray for those that are sent the other side, you don't, you don't have to go to the other side of the world to be a missionary. Um, your mission field's here. Start here and pray, God, do you want me to go somewhere else? But 
Start here. Start at those apartment buildings. Start downstairs. Like, start. Um, there's my information. You guys hit me up on all the social media. I'm not on it all that much, but I do check my inbox every once in a while. Um, and I'll be around af after church. Love to, love to chat with you. But I just want to say um, thanks for being a church that gets it. Like, I, I get excited when I, when I read the emails of, like, okay, who can we pray for this week? But um, thanks. See you later. So after service, I feel like we're supposed to partner with him. Um, if you want to give financially to him, hear more about it, become a part of praying for him, they're going to meet over there, okay? I just encourage you to do that. It's, it's, if, and here's how you know. Do you feel like you should? And if that's all you have, that's probably enough, right? It's gospel. So um, I'm just going to wrap it up really quickly with something I felt like was that I was supposed to share with you guys on top of that, and then we're going to have some prayer. You're going to be challenged over the next few months to be living on mission. It's not going to be not heard about. We've attracted people that want to do that. We have people that already do it, that don't need it. You don't need to even hear about it. They just want to do it. That's what they do. We're a culture of that already, and so we live the Great Commission. Can you pull up for me really quick? Um, Matthew 28, 16 through 18. And, and you guys have all heard this. I just want to read it. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And actually go to the next passage. Can you go to, go to that or no? You won't be able to? Yeah, um, no. 19 and 20. I think that's my fault. That's okay. No, it's not on there. Go ye, go ye into all the world and... Say, huh? Baptizing them in the name of the... The great what? Cool. So... You're going to hear that from us. We're going to challenge you. It's, it's personally what I believe to be why I'm here. I'm not here to build a giant church. I don't want to do that. If we get any bigger, we want to plant a church. I don't want my own kingdom. I don't want you to help me build a kingdom. I want you to know that the kingdom is in you and that it's going and that you have everything in you to go. And so you're going to be challenged pretty straightforwardly that I believe you should be able to point to how you're living the Great Commission. Instead of like a vague, like think about it even right now. This is not to add weight to your burden. Can you point to how you are taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who are brokenhearted, who are poor in spirit, who are in need, who are homeless, who are broken, who are orphaned? Can you, because I believe at the end of the year, all of us are going to be able to do that. So you're going to hear about the apartment idea where we're going to have three to five apartments and people living in that community to love people. Not to have a giant crusade where we scream Jesus 24-7, to love people. You're going to hear more about Campbell High School. Thank you, Jesus, that the principal comes to... What, what favor? Like, and how awesome is she to let us in her school? That we have five chaplains, that we have Luke, who is evidently gifted by God for what he does. It's ridiculous in his element. That we have Campbell High School players here today that we love and that we've seen God do amazing things. You're going to hear about ways that RCC is doing it. I'm going to challenge you to do it on your own when no one's looking. I'm going to ask that God shows you. But here's what I felt like I was supposed to wrap up with today. In the process of this, I get excited. I, you can ask my wife. All I think about right now is apartment life. I, I go over there and walk around the community just meeting people by myself. Like, hey, guys, I'm Josh. How you doing? 
nice to meet you. And they're like, we saw you a minute ago, please leave our community. <laughs> I'm still here, guys. But this is, and this might sound confusing in light of this. We're going to challenge you to the Great Commission, but not at the sake of the Great Commandment. And the Great Commandment is more important off the bat. If you don't love God and love others. This is what happened in Revelation 2, chapter 2 verse 4. And you can pull up this passage. This is a church that previously God had bragged on them because they had been doing a great job. But all of a sudden they got really, really busy and they had lost their love for God. And so you can go ahead and go to 4. Go to the next one. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you, have had, you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand. <laughs> so crazy. From its place. And he's talking to a church. So here's what I'm not saying. Choose one or the other. I'm saying you're going to be challenged to the Great Commission. And the Great Commandment has to go with it. It's like a... Ying and yang? Is that, I shouldn't do that, probably. <laughs> what's a good, what's a good? Peanut butter jelly? Peanut butter jelly, yeah. This is what it is. So, peas and carrots, uh, mashed potatoes, and um, celery. No, no, no sour cream in the gospel, I'm certain. <laughs> the devil's sour cream, cat's. The devil's just kidding. <laughs> just kidding about sour cream. Totally kidding. So, so here, as we start and go today, I felt God saying to me, you're going to be sent all over. We're going to be sent. I, if Johnny wants us, we're going to send people to you. I mean, if, sometimes that doesn't really help missionaries, honestly. It's more about us. If that's the case, I don't want to do it. We'll, we'll send support. But if it's actually helpful, I'd love to send people. We want to financially support. But... You're going to be challenged. So here, I just wanted to ask you a few questions to interact with. How are you doing? And I'm not going to add anything. You personally, please don't answer out loud, person who answers out loud in this setting. It just makes it more awkward for me. I can't go to the next point. It's hard. How are you doing? If this excited you, which it usually does for most of us, or horrifies us, one or the other, before you even think about it, because we're going there, how are you doing? Are you, are you being loved by a Jesus that is the good shepherd? Can you pull up, pretty please, really quickly, um, John chapter 10? And it might be two down. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down, lays down his life for his sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. You can stop right there. Do you, do you know, just litmus test for your life this morning, are you living in the love of a Jesus who loves you before you do anything. Because that's the beginning. And that's what we take to Burma, and that's what we take to apartments, and that's why Campbell guys want to hang out with us. Because we love them. How are you with just that? Are you in love and being loved? Okay? 
It's just really simple stuff that I feel like God is saying, return to your first love. What that looks like for me right now is for you to know I am not going to forsake River City for an apartment complex, although I do know that God has called us there, and we're going to love them well and go all out after them. I am called to you, to love you, to make sure that you are growing, to encourage you, to mourn with you, to weep with you, to celebrate with you, to not let you fall through the cracks, to come after you when you want to go away. I am here, I exist to make sure this body is a healthy body and that people can come here and say, oh my goodness, Jesus must be good because none of those people avoided me, none of them were angry at me, but I was loved so well. I exist to make sure that that is happening. That's the first thing that God has called me to. I'm going to fight for that, that we live in love, that we make disciples, that we go after the community, but we do it from a place of joy. You won't hear me pressure you into anything. If you are overworked and overwhelmed and already burnt out right now, do not attack the world with the Great Commission. Fall in love with the Jesus that can fill you and send you. Be at peace. I don't want you to do anything if you need to just be poured into Right? Like when we were planting a church, that's what I would have, wish I would have said better, but I, when I stood up in front of Riverstone, which was like 1,500 people, I was like, if you're super healthy and you're full of Jesus and you love what God is doing here, come with us. If you're angry, if you're upset, if you're empty, stay here. Be filled. Don't go on mission from an empty burnout place, right? It's just another thing if it's from that. Be filled, be full. That's what the body of Christ is for. That's why we talk about community. And I don't care if people say we talk about it too much. Some think we need to do all kinds of stuff. We need community. You need to be loved by your brother and sister. And out of that, you want to do life for Jesus. You want to do what Johnny said. That was an awesome passage, Romans 10. Just amazing. Who, how can they hear it if they don't hear it? It's like, oh yeah, we can be second graders again to hear the gospel. People just need to hear about Jesus, right? But they need to hear about it from a place where you actually love a good shepherd that laid down his life for you, that loves you more than anything you can do, and that wants you to be full of life. Does that make sense? He wants you to be full of life and peace and joy and righteousness, and that is the kingdom of God. So if you don't have one of these sheets, raise your hand. If you don't have one of these, raise your hand. If you do have one, look like scurry around. Um, can, can somebody come and just hand these to people who don't have one? Really quickly, I'm going to challenge you. Um, this is to me, this may, we did Myers-Briggs, this may just be my personality type, and somebody might read this and be like, this is stupid. To me, it's, it's everything. If, you can, if we can talk about something and then you can have a practical step, it changes it from being not worth it to being worth it to me. That's the way I view it. So today I'm just going to ask you a few questions, not with no manipulation. This is for you to interact with you on how you're doing. And I'll start by saying this. How are you doing with the Great Commission and the Great Commandment? That's not on your question, but how are you doing with it? Do you, are you in love and are you wanting to take that love? If not, let's talk about it. Not right now, but sometime. Let's get together and chat about it. Number two, if you've been a part of a community or a, around a leader who's been abusive and awful and manipulated you to do things for his kingdom or her kingdom, let them off the hook. That's not going to happen here. We're not trying to build anything. We're trying. If you tell me God's filling you up to send you, we want to send you well. And that's hard. Okay, that's hard for me, but it's my call. Right? If you've been a part of ministries that are manipulative, let them off the hook. 
If you hear the word serve and all you can think about is that time you were made to do things that just weren't even biblical, let them off the hook. God is beautiful and he leads us by kindness and he leads us according to his Psalm 23, places we can rest even when we work and are doing good things for him. It's a beautiful picture. So here's the first one. First missional steps. Just on your own, circle one that jumps out. Are there relationships in your life right now that God's calling you into? Not, not right here, in your life that he's calling you into. Number two, RCC, we need your help. If you want, jump in. We would love it. We've got a lot of helpers. It's awesome, but we need more. City and world, Johnny's thing, check one. The mission trips, all of it. Know what God is putting on your heart and then interact with this. What already has God given to you? For some of you, you might write your family down. What's all, if ministry, what's already been given to you? Do not jump to the next thing until you evaluate what he's already given you. How well are you loving that? How well are you pouring into that? How healthy is that? Does that make sense? And the next thing, your spiritual core. I want you to circle these. I'm not going to give you a definitive answer on these, but these three things to me are huge signposts into a healthy person's life. If you look at any of these three things and you're like, hmm, I don't feel comfortable with any of those, it's the beginning of some conversations that we have with you about you becoming healthy. Does that make sense? You need to be healthy in Christ or the gospel that you preach won't be hearable. Does that make sense? How are you with creating space? We've been preaching for six months on this. How are you with just listening for the Lord, understanding that he's in love with you? How are you with all of the things that help you know that you are his creation, he is for you, not against you, he has plans for your, all the things that you heard your whole life. How are you with identity? How are you with, are you extremely insecure? I struggle with insecurity all the time. I try and be over honest with it because I also struggle with pride. <laughs> so, I'm definitely insecure a lot though. Um, so, your identity, do you know who you are in Christ? Are you, a, are you a fashion? Are you a season of fashion? You know, like, are you a certain skill set? Or is your identity what you do as your job? It's not. That's the thing you perform. Community. How are you with community? Biggest one. God gives you people around you to help whittle out the crazy. Okay? You are crazy. And when you start to say some things in community, they, just like your family does, say, that was pretty stupid in a loving way. And then there's times when they say, oh my gosh, God is all over that. And I'm partnering with you, and let's go forward. Where are you with community? If community is just you and your Bible, and that's it, you're not living it the biblical way. That might be your heavy statement. It's meant to be done in community. That's the whole purpose. When you don't understand a passage of Scripture, you bring it to community. We just so happen to have life groups that would love to house you. Ours has 20 in it right now. It's a little heavy, but there's plenty. Jump in something. Get in some relationship. Let people tell you where you're kind of dumb and where you're awesome. Tell them that. So, lastly, would you mind coming up, Chelsea? And we have a first-timer leading some altar ministry. Rachel Lunger. So you're going to come up. We're going to respond. Um, what I want you to do, and for those of you who just need to leave, I understand that. For those of you who would just like to interact and ask him to speak, this is how I've been living my creating space lately. If I'm struggling with something, literally, somebody asked me this this week, I sit down and I say, oh my gosh, I don't know why this is so big to me right now, but Father, this is happening, you now have space to speak into it. And I shut my mouth and I wait to see if he'll speak. Sometimes he leads me to a passage, sometimes it's 
Recently, it's been so quick, and it's been mostly my fault, but I've been able to hear it because he gives me the grace to hear it. I just ask that for the next few moments, you give him some space. Does that make sense? All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead in prayer, and then please give some space. After this, we're going to pray for Johnny, and we're going to have the apartment meeting up, up, up front. So, Father, we thank you for calling missionaries to the 1040 window and to the hardest part to reach and for bravery. I love that Johnny was on trajectory to be a part of a denomination and probably climb a ladder pretty quickly and do awesome things in that. From the largest church in the denomination, chooses to go live his life in Burma where he preaches over poop. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he's willing to do that. So today... As you lead us into some first steps as, as to looking missionally, how we, can, how we can live our lives, let us ask questions. How am I, I health-wise? Give us space right now in Jesus' name to hear your word, to respond to it, and to internalize it so it becomes fruitful in our steps, not just our thoughts and words. In Jesus' name, we give you space. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.